When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And now the situation between Roquan Smith and the Chicago Bears is eerily reminiscent of that famed episode of The Office where Michael and Jan are having a dinner party and we're all the guests. We're, we're, we're Jim and Pam. We're Andy and Angela just sitting at that dinner table with two people who are bickering, who are upset at each other. At some point, somebody's going to throw a Dundee through a plasma screen TV. I don't know what's happening. I've tried to remain calm. I continue to remain calm. I will tell you this, and this is, listen, this is my conjecture. This is my speculation. You know, when you don't have an agent who can help you navigate these personal situations, things can get messy. And Roquan Smith is a negotiating or a negotiating ploy. Sent a note somehow to Ian Rappaport. Notice he didn't send it to me because I would have been Roquan. I don't think this is the way you want to do this. I would have advised him against this. Sent it to Ian, so it's probably better or probably worse. And that note goes out there. I want to trade. And then Ryan Poles is like, "Oh, you want to you want to play games?" You want to you want to go after it? He uh, you know, took him off the pup list. Now he's at risk of being fined. And now the situation is somehow getting much worse optically. I'm not sure how far apart they are because listen, Roquan Smith is under contract for this season. He is somebody who could be franchise tagged the following year. I'm pro player, but at some point don't overplay your hand. That's my thing. It's like, I don't know. I, I'm still confident something is going to be worked out. I know the haters are circling. They're waiting for this to get out of control. And it feels like it is right now. But you know what? I'm still patient. I'm still staying the course. And everything's going to be fine. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and start the show? Turn up your volume. Up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. It's me, Adam Rank. We have got a great show for you today. Our guest today is going to be Zach Pearson of the Bear Report. We're going to get to the bottom of a lot of the issues the Bears have been facing over the last couple of weeks. He was out at practice on Thursday. We will get an in-depth observation of how Justin Fields is continuing to progress. Excited to have him on the show. But first, I want to let everybody know that you can listen to the Sick Podcast on AM 1530. WCKG, which is the Chicago home of the Sick Podcast, every Friday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, you can hear the Sick Podcast followed immediately at 3 o'clock with Olin Krutz, Jason McKee, the No Name Pod, a cover two of Bears coverage 
you won't find anywhere else. So we appreciate you checking it out. And by the way, if you're watching us on YouTube or anything like that, subscribing to the podcast, again, reminder, you can listen to us. Or if you're listening to us, uh, we do have a Tuesday night show called Take It to the Rank, 7 o'clock Central Time, Tuesdays, me, Carmen Vitale. We break down all the issues, answer a bunch of fan questions if I don't get too into the weeds, but that is a good time as well. And hopefully Sundays uh, we'll have some game reactions too uh, for the Bears. And of course, whether they play a Monday night game or not. But I uh, also want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and comment sick right now. Do it right now. Let us know that you're out there and enjoying the show. We appreciate you checking us out wherever you listen. And I think that there's a lot of cool, there's a lot of good things happening with the Chicago Bears, but some some not so great things that are happening. Uh, our NFL, I was going to say our, but NFL Network's Michael Garofolo is reporting that Enkeel Harry will have surgery on his high ankle sprain, expected to be out eight weeks or so. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bears put him on IR if they take up a roster spot for him. But, you know, all things being considered, I think it's kind of a good, it's, it could be worse. I guess I guess that's that's my, that's my optimism, toxic optimism, which is what you get here a lot of the times, but I'm excited uh, that he's not going to be out for the full year. You know, it could have been worse. That's, that's the Bears mantra this year. Could have been worse. Also, speaking of worse, Cairo Santos, you know, in order to practice on the Soldier Field turf, he had to go out in Miami and find the worst possible field conditions to simulate what it's like kicking a football in Soldier Field. Like, you would hear this a lot of times when there were teams that played in baseball parks. They'd be like, yeah, we got to go out and practice kicking on the turf. Santos has to go out and practice kicking on terrible, terrible fields. And you know what? This is for anybody who's like, who wants us to say in Soldier Field, that turf has been a nightmare for decades. So I'm not so sure that it's a bad thing to uh, to be looking at a new new options. By the way, uh, the first Bears preseason game is Saturday night. David Montgomery, Cole Kinnett, not expected to play. Both are nursing some undisclosed injuries, but we will get an opportunity to see Justin Fields, who has been looking great, which, you know what, why don't we bring in our guest right now, joining us from the Bear Report. Uh, he is one of the better follows on Twitter. If you want the straight dope, on the Chicago Bears, somebody who's not as positive as me. Zach Pearson is your man. Zach, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you for the kind words. Big fan of the show. I'm glad I can oh. finally hop on, man. Um, ready to talk some Bears. Oh my gosh, I didn't realize that we would have had you on sooner. We would have oh, we would have bumped we would have bumped Shagru or Jack. Oh, good. It's all we would have bumped those guys months ago had we known. <laughs> I do want to ask you about the the Justin Fields performance on Thursday. Now, it's funny when you listen, when you look at Twitter, you know, a lot of people, I saw a lot of positive comments. I think Clay Harbor wasn't as positive, but what was your read on Justin Fields coming to practice on Thursday? Yeah, you know, that's kind of the thing about training camp is I was actually the opposite yesterday on Wednesday. I was a little less positive. Today, I really liked what I saw, and I think it was it started early. They did like situational stuff. They're doing red zone stuff. Um, I think he finished with three touchdowns in their first red zone drill, uh, which, which is pretty good considering who he's throwing to, especially at wide receiver. They're down to three tight ends. 
Um, and I thought he, he looked good today. I thought he looked better than what he did yesterday and certainly at Family Fest. I thought Family Fest was probably one of their you know, worst practices of the year. They rebounded on Wednesday. Today was a much better day. I, I think he's starting to get more comfortable, and he's kind of doing the things and showing the things that you want to see in the development of second-year quarterback. Um, on Wednesday, he was checking it down a lot, which some could say it's a negative, but he's learning, okay, take what the defense is giving you, learn to, to live that extra down. Today, he was not forcing passes. He was finding the open guys. He looked more into a rhythm. Um, the defense eventually caught up to him and towards the end of practice. But for the first, you know, three-fourths of practice, he, he looked pretty good out there at the offense. Yeah, and being in rhythm is so important for Justin Fields. Last year, Next Gen Stats said that Justin Fields had a passer rating of 99 when he was making in-rhythm throws. I will ask you, you know, a lot of that has to do with the the offense from last season. You got it. I got a chance to see it last week. You've obviously seen it. You've seen both Matt Nagy's offense and Luke Getze's offense up close and personal now. Have you seen a discernible difference just on the offensive play calling and the offensive just energy and everything about it? A little bit, yeah. I think you'll see a lot more as the games go on and they actually get game reps. You can see, though, I think they're going to put a big emphasis on the run. They're going to kind of not protect Justin Fields, but put him in good situations. Um, not having the you know third longs that we saw a lot last year. Um, I just kind of felt like Matt Nagy got in a way too cute with his offense, and yeah. it just didn't really work. And you know, you mentioned that stat right there. There's the other stat: the um, Justin Fields was really good in play action and designed rollouts. Mm -hmm. And they went away from it for whatever reason after that Pittsburgh game. So I do think Luke Getzey's going to put him in a, in a better situation. This type of West Coast outside zone run scheme is probably going to benefit Fields a lot more than what Matt Nagy had. And you know, part of it was the Bears were kind of just snowballing last year with Matt Nagy. It, it just yeah. it was not good towards the end of the year. Yeah, there was somebody who is uh, it was perceived that somebody's foot was out the door. Not that Matt Nagy wasn't trying or anything like that, but I think the players can sense when a coach is probably on his last legs and they kind of rebound that way. And I've said this, you know, time and time again, is that the, the, the idea that you would use a first round draft pick on Justin Fields and not allow him to run with the first team in training camp, or the fact that you can't back out on a promise to Andy Dalton of all people. Like if they, if they had had Russell, they had Russell Wilson, like if the Broncos, it's, you know, promised Russell Wilson. And then this is obviously, you know, a fat, like, uh, a, a pie in the sky situation, but you know, if you, if you, you should probably follow through on promises to Russell Wilson, Tom Brady is missing practice and he's going to miss the Tennessee preseason game. Those are some exceptions of like, yeah, okay. Like that, those guys have earned the right to get some special sort of treatment. I'm not going to say that that's going to happen with Andy, Andy Dalton. Who yeah. I don't know. Is he, is he beat out Taysom Hill as the backup <laughs> quarterback in new Orleans? I don't even know. I do think too, like the in rhythm, the 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 play action, like it's insane to me. Like like Russell uh, Justin did not play a lot last year. Like he didn't play a lot. He was still fifth amongst quarterbacks with 420 rushing yards. They have to let him go out there and use his legs. I know that he's by trade a pocket passer who just happens to be really fast, but they have to use his legs. Have you seen in practice more designed runs for him? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's noticeable. Um, you know, they're working on pretty much everything. The rollouts, more designed runs, um, a lot of play action. He is scrambling a lot more than I'd like. And I, I think that's, you know, a combination of a couple of things. You know, the offensive line is starting to kind of get set. 
But before this week, you know, there were still shuffling pieces around. And then the, the, the personnel at the wide receiver, like no one was getting open. Sometimes there's no separation and he kind of just has to take off. And we had those defensive linemen kind of firing off the ball and, and creating pressure. They can't, you know, sack Justin Fields, but they, you know, can blow the play dead. They're kind of just yeah. letting go and, he, and he's taken off. But yeah, I've seen more designed runs as well. And that's something I'm excited for. I, I think you look at Justin Fields last year. I go to that Pittsburgh game. That Pittsburgh yeah. game was just the second quarter on was was really good from him. They should have won. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And then they just they kind of went away from everything he did well in that game, you know, hitting the tight end up the seam, hitting Darnell Mooney on the run, the long pass to Allen Robinson on um, the run game was going. And for whatever reason, Matt Nagy and Bill Lazor are like, yeah, let's just throw this game plan out the door and let's go with what we want. And I think that's going to be one of the biggest differences. Matt Eberflus is the head coach. He doesn't have his hand only in the defense, only in the offense. He made it a point from day one. He wants to be the head coach and oversee everything. That wasn't the case with the previous regime. And I yeah. think that's going to really make a big difference for Justin Fields this year. Yeah, it is interesting because I think that anytime a team – and maybe this goes down. This is funny because Joe Brady, who was let go from the Carolina Panthers last year, one of the knocks on him was that he didn't self-scout, which is go back and watch the tape and find a way to stay ahead because the defenses are scouting you. So eventually they're going to figure out what you're doing. That's why you always want to stay one step ahead, be self-scouting. I think the same could also – like it has to be true of Matt Nagy. Like you cannot watch that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I've talked about this time and time again. Like – that was the thing. I was doing the total access post game show for the NFL network. And everybody was like, are you okay? Are you fine? I'm like, Justin Fields just looked like a stud. That, that's all I care about at this point of the season. This, this team's not going to win the Super Bowl. If Justin Fields plays like this the rest of the year. And I think there was an expectation coming off that game. Like we all, we figured this out, you know, just let Justin go out and play. I mean, the broken down, touchdown pass to Darnell Mooney was a thing of beauty. Like whenever, whenever people ask me, whenever I'm talking about Justin Fields on the NFL network, it's by the way, if you can check out my Twitter feed at Adam rank, I had a nice little rant on Justin Fields on the Wednesday show of total access. And they always ask me though, like what tape do you need? Well, I go, okay, go to the Pittsburgh game, go to the Darnell Mooney touchdown where he goes out of the pocket, him and Darnell Mooney. And again, remember he did not work with him in training camp. They knew where to be. He knew where to be, where to put the ball. Cole Komet was running down the seam, like buck naked, like nobody could cover him. <laughs> and I don't know. And I'm with you, Zach. I was like, I don't know how you look at like you. Did you not watch tape? Did you not go home and watch tape? Are you too busy looking like Carrie Bradshaw? Uh, or not <laughs> Carrie Bradshaw. That's sex in the city. But Carrie from uh, Homeland with his little, his little serial killer. Actually, you know what? I think Matt Nagy, I always I always say that Matt Nagy's wall looked like Carrie from Homeland, but I think it's actually the killer from Seven. Yeah. Like, it's more like his wall. It's more serial killer-ish. Like, do you not watch tape? Like, how did you not be like, okay, this is what we need to do this week. And we're going to we're gonna send Cole Komet down the, down the seam. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Have you had a chance, though? Um, I know he does press conferences. Have you talked to Matt Eberflus? Have you had a one-on-one -on -one conversation at all? Not an exact one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we did but like have, in a small, but like a small yeah, group or something. It was like a small like it, group. Yeah. What were What did you think of him? I, was I have a, Yeah. I was impressed. I was impressed from his opening press conference. The small group we had was a few hours after that opening press conference. I think he commands a room really well. I think he respects reporters. He, he understands we have to do our jobs. Um, it's frustrating with the whole injury thing. I get it though; it's the rules. Um, coaches want yeah. to be kind of candid. 
No, I, I was impressed. I was impressed with Ryan Poles as well. I see that they have a vision here. Um, and, and, and like I said, you know, he's a type of guy. He doesn't want to just oversee the offense and defense. He wants yeah. everything. He He's in all the meeting rooms. He bounces around, things like that. He's kind of like, in a way, an old school coach. Um, yeah that wants to be a head coach and, and, you know, right away, you can see from the first practice, they, they had a different attitude, man. They're picking up the football off the ground, every incompletion, picking up the football off the ground. They're running back and forth in between drills. It's kind of the little things, you know, the, the, the little things you see that you're like, okay, this team's kind of coming together. He wants team friendly guys, which is, which mm. is a positive. I think they got a lot of them in that locker room. Yeah, I, I, I was impressed. I think he's learned over the years um, how he's come up with the coaching ranks, that he's more of like the tough-nosed, old-school head coach. I think that's kind of what this roster and this franchise needs. They don't need the the cuteness anymore of like trying to force the offense on everything like like it kind of was with Matt Nagy. No, we've, you know, we've, we've dealt with players or coaches like that. You know, you think of Tressman. Yeah. Tressman was a lot like that. Matt Nagy was a lot like that. This feels like a better version of John Fox. And I think that John Fox had some success on the NFL level, coaching teams that were already at a certain level, mm-hmm. you know, that if you had a veteran team that didn't need a lot of, didn't need a lot of uh, encouragement or coaching or anything like that. John Fox was like a perfect guy for that kind of situation. I really do believe, and I said this to Matt Eberflus himself, you know, we had a conversation and, you know, before he came up, you know, we were chit chatting and I, again, Getting not not to say that I was getting enamored, but I really liked his personality. I thought he was a very engaging, and we were talking about and you know just having a small moment because I said you know, you know I've obviously because Stacy Dale's pulled back the curtain. She's like he was born down here, born <laughs> down the road. Um, but I said you know and I go hey you know my dad who's not with us anymore you know he would have loved this kind of football you know like a a smart approach a Lovey Smith type of, of approach and he was like hey he's like thanks he's like yeah you know my dad's not with us with us either. And uh, that's the way he brought me up is like to play this kind of way. And I think that it's a, it's a modernization of an old school approach, but is more modernized. That's going to allow the offense to do some things that perhaps, you know, Lovey, well, Lovey was pretty, he was pretty progressive too, but you know, like that a lot of the, when you think of old school coaches, you think of like Mike Zimmer who like won't let certain things fly. Like we're not throwing the football unless it's out. Like, I don't think that we're going to run into anything like that. So it's a, it's almost the best of both worlds. Not like in a not like in a Sammy Hagar Van Halen way, but maybe in a little bit. But uh, I appreciate everything that he's doing. And you talk about Ryan Poles, the Roquan Smith situation. Yeah. What is what is your take on this? Now I obviously gave mine. You were in the green room listening to it. Uh, I'm I'm curious to hear your thoughts on what's happening with Roquan Smith. At first, I thought, how can you let this guy walk out? How can you not re-sign him? And then I kind of sat back and I thought about it and I said, there's three sides to every story. You know, there's Roquan yeah. side, there's the Bears side, and then there's the truth. And I think what we know right now, I think they're still trying to work to get a deal done. I, I truly believe when Ryan Pohl stands up there and says he wants Roquan Smith to be a Chicago Bear, I think that's going to happen. I think the thing to note is in that statement that Roquan had, he did talk – very, you know, not highly, but he did kind of, you know, praise the organization a little bit. He said he wanted to be a little more respected. I, I get that. He didn't close the door on not being here. Um, and, and I think that was kind of big. The ownership, not being able to talk to the ownership thing was kind of weird to me because George McCaskey is 
walking around Hallisaw. If you've been to a Bears practice, you've yeah. seen George McCaskey out there. Um, he's just walking around. So that was a little odd, but I mean, today he was, he, he was not there for the first part of practice. He showed up. He was probably in the trainer's room, did not practice. And I think the Bears taking him off the pup list is, is, is a couple of things. It's all right. You want to go to the media with this? Um, yeah. We're going to take you off the pup. Now you got to come to practice. Um, and, and I don't know if Roquan's going to practice next week. Uh, he's not going to play in the game on Saturday. I'd be absolutely shocked if he did. I, I doubt that's be crazy. Gonna, yeah, it'd yeah. Be wild. Um, so now do the Bears find him if he doesn't show up? Um, he was there today, obviously. We didn't get to hear from Roquan. We put in the request today as the media. The Bears PR tried to get him. He did not talk today. I think we have to hear from him in a media setting, too, to kind of get his side. Now, there's reports being thrown out there. Oops, just spilled oh. water. There's reports oh. being out there, um, you know, from different media, what's going on. And I just think we need to hear from Roquan Smith. Like, come out and tell us, instead of a statement, tell us how you feel. Tell us what's going on in, in your head. Um, and that's kind of what Matt Eberflus alluded to today. He said, you guys have to ask him. I can't stand up here and talk for him. Matt Eberflus wants him on the team. Ryan Poles wants him on the team. George McCaskey wants him on the team. Does Roquan want to be on the team? And, and the leverage is with the Bears. I mean, yeah. like you mentioned, they can franchise tag him. He's under contract. They can franchise tag him. I think he's going to play this year. I'm still, man, I'm, I've gone back and forth. I've been 55-45 both sides. He's gone. He's staying. I'm just like right down the middle. It's a boring answer, but I'm like right down the middle. Yeah. I don't know what's going to happen. It, it's fascinating. Now, this is now the biggest story of trading cap. And maybe maybe that takes the pressure off Justin Fields a little bit. Yeah, it is nice to have somebody poking fun at the Bears for the Roquan Smith thing <laughs> instead of going after Justin Fields yeah. all the time. And it's because it's getting ridiculous. Like I, I know that, you know, the Packer, the Packer fans, and I forget the 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 guy who's who who is the bane of the Chicago Bears Twitter. Who's always like, why are the Bears? They're they're always thinking of me. Like, bro, your whole Twitter feed yeah. is taking shots at Justin Fields. Yeah. Like, you, I didn't even realize you were a Packers fan. I thought you were some <laughs> disgruntled guy sitting and wheeling at a pizza place at Joe's Pizzeria, just sending out angry tweets because you're upset with the team. Like, oh, you're a Packers fan? Like, oh, I've never <laughs> seen you tweet about the Packers once. But in any event, you know that. Again, I, I I always point to the the, the lack of the representation. Because you got to have somebody in that room who's like, who's dealing with the dollars and cents. Because Ryan Pulse does have to have a practical response to a lot of this. And I know the Bears fans, and I, me being one of them, be like, pay him his money. He deserves his money. But you're like, we got to, we still can't just willy nilly throw out, you know, these huge contracts all over the place. There's got to be some semblance of a budget and something that fits into the, you know, the, the going rate for a guy who plays his position, whether we love him or not. Yep. So as a player, you don't want to hear that. Like, I just want somebody to take care of that for me. Like I, like a parent teacher conference, <laughs> like I just need my, my parents to come home and be like, okay, you got to work on your reading or whatever it is. You know, I don't need to sit there and, and listen to my teacher nitpick everything that I do. And I think that's what happens when you lose representation and things get weird and, you know, and, Again, everybody's coming after the Bears, but like, remember, like, wasn't it just a month ago? Like, Kyler Murray, like, let's bring back Kyler Murray. Like, that dude plays too much Call of Duty. Yeah. And DK DK Metcalf was going to be traded this offseason. Debo Samuel was going to be traded this offseason. So there's a lot of things going on. Let me ask you, do you think, though, and I know, listen, there are people who act like, well, this is a bad look for Ryan Poles. Personally, 
and you you can disagree with this. I think he's doing the right thing. I think he's like he's actually showing some maturity. He's not bashing the player or anything like that. I I feel like he's handled himself pretty well. Like these situations are dicey. I don't think that Ryan Poles has looked bad in any in any sense of it. No, I agree. And I think him coming out of Family Fest and taking four minutes of his time to answer questions for the media was important. And I know there's this thing on Twitter where, you know, there's Bears Twitter against the media and all that type of stuff. But people have to understand, like, if this was Ryan Pace regime, we wouldn't hear anything from the side of the Bears right now. At least Ryan Poles gave us something. I thought that was a big step, especially early on in his tenure here. Now, you got a good point. Roquan is representing himself. There's someone obviously guiding him or giving him advice. Somebody's in his ear, yeah. Someone's in his ear. Um, and, you know, there's a report today that there was things in the contract Roquan didn't like. If we go back to 2018, I believe, like, the helmet thing was something he didn't like in his contract, um, his rookie deal. There's a couple other technicalities. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know what those technicalities are in this contract. Um, but I guess that appears to be the holdup right now. Because he wants the Darius or Shaquille Leonard money plus. He wants to be one of the yeah. highest paid, you know, off the ball linebackers, probably one of the highest paid defensive players in the league. And if you're Ryan Poles, you have to look at it like this. You know, they're not going to come out and say we're in a rebuild. Um, they're trying to rebuild on the fly, obviously. Mm-hmm. Roquan Smith's 25. Is he going to be in his prime when you think you're good, when you think you're going to be good? I think he will be. I think he'll you know, be 26, 27, 28 years old. But can you afford to pay him that much money down the line and take that risk? And we all saw what Roquan Smith can do in the 3-4 defense. Heck of a linebacker. He's in the 4-3. I think he'll translate well. But in Ryan Poles' eyes, he's got to be like, I have to see you do this in the 4-3 defense as well because it's a big gamble, man. These contracts are, are going up and up and up every single year, and it's a big gamble for him. But I do think Ryan Poles is handling this pretty well. Um, I think the, the taking him off the pup was was another good move in my eyes. You know, the Bears have helped Roquan out with that. I mean, he was on the pup. Yeah. Y'all got the report out there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just curious to kind of see what direction it goes now. And it's kind of a shame that it's a weekend and a game weekend because we won't be back out at Hellas Hall just to kind of see it yet. Ah, oh, that's too bad. Yeah, it's funny, too. You know, you talk about the contracts. And as somebody who roots for the Angels, it's like, yeah, I know what bad contracts are like. <laughs> um, and, it's, and it's interesting, too. I, I'm curious if... Again, that's the whole thing. Like, they go after Ryan Poles for this. But again, and you mentioned it, I think we both mentioned it. Like, he's under contract. It's not like, yeah, bro, you have to sign something. Like, there's, and if you look at the Cincinnati Bengals right now, Jeremy Bates, wait, Jeremy Bates, yeah, he's like a, a franchise tag player who is not reported yet. That situation's terrible because that guy is so important to, to a team that was in the Super Bowl last season. Yeah. I think Roquan, like, sincerely you you're under contract sort of for the next two years just assuming that you can be franchise tag so anything that you're getting and whether you get Shaq Leonard money and props to you for going Shaq Leonard and not even not even flinching yeah <laughs> but whether you get that money or not like you're you're sort of tied in you don't really have a lot of options so i would take and again like don't take the worst deal cuz i'm listen again pro player yep, i'm saying like, that but get money. Like you're getting money. Like you're 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 bettering yourself. Any deal that you sign, any extension that you sign is bettering yourself, putting you in a better position. And I'm assuming, without knowing how the contracts work, that with the extra space that the Bears have this season and going into next season, you could actually front load the contract these two years 
And then if it turns out like he declines, he regresses, he's not effective in the 4-3, you make it so it's easy to move off and to move away from that contract if possible. But listen, I'm just a dummy just sitting here doing a podcast. So what do I know? But I, I again, and I go to this and whenever, whenever people talk about polls, he's never lied. He's never lied about anything. Like he's never been deceptive. Like he said, we're not going to sign any big name free agents. And ultimately they did it. They didn't, they didn't sign Christian Kirk to a $90 million deal. He said that like, we're not necessarily drafting wide receivers with our first two picks followed through with that. Everything that he has said he has done. And it's almost off-putting because I, I know that everybody's expecting to be duped. So when he says, I want Roquan Smith to be on this team, then I believe him. Because I think even in this short period of time, he's earned that right. Has he earned that with you? Yeah, I think so. He's been very upfront. Like you said, he, he hasn't lied. He's been very upfront. He's pretty much told us what he's going to do and then followed through with it. I mean, he he inherited a roster and the state of the roster that I don't think a lot of people realize it was not good. A lot of veterans on the roster, yeah. a lot of bad contracts. And that's why there's so much turnover this off season. And, you know, and, and, and going through the free agency process, they just didn't have the money to go out and sign big deals. I mean, they yeah. were going to give Larry Ogunjobi a big deal. Um, it just didn't work out, but yeah, they, they, they know the plan. They know what they want to do. It's just going to be a slow process. I think the frustrations are is, this fan base is so starved for someone yeah. for a good team. Like 2018 was so much fun. 2018 was a blast covering that team too. And then oh, yeah. after that, it just goes downhill and, and fans want a winner. You know, I guess fans are, you know, they're sick of green Bay coming up to Chicago or going down to Chicago yeah. and kicking their butts and stuff like that. So I get the frustration from the fans. You just have to be patient. This is, this is not a one year flip. We're going to be like the Bengals. I don't think that that comparison works too well right now, but they're kind of on the right track. They got a lot of young talent on the roster. They got a lot of guys who are improve at years that they could get long-term deals. And going back to Roquan, I mean, you're right. He's under contract. I mean, he can come out and show, hey, I can play in this 4-3. I'm your Derek Brooks. I'm your Lance Briggs. Let's get a deal done. Give me the money. And, and with the front-loading of the contract, I actually think that's probably the smarter way to do it. They couldn't do that last year. If this was last offseason, they want to front-load it. They just – they don't have the cap space, but right. you know, they're, they're going to have a lot of money next in the next couple of years to kind of do what they want. So, yeah, it's – man, the Roquan thing is just – it's it's kind of fascinating to me because it's just everything's coming from all these different sides, and we don't know. We just we just really don't know right now. And you know how you know how the Bears now have a lot of cap space? Uh, Ryan Poles. Yeah. And what he's doing because he knows, he knows what he's doing, and we should probably give him – the benefit of the doubt. I do want to, gosh, there's a couple of things that you said that I want to jump in on. Okay. 2018. We do know, and we'll, we'll take a little veer off topic here for a second. Well, not really, but Mitch Trubisky is going to start for the Pittsburgh Steelers Saturday night. I know that the fan, the fan base is polarized when it comes to Mitch Trubisky. What do you think about that move? I would. I, I meant to bring this up at the top, but I'm curious to get your your thoughts, Zach. How do you feel about Mitch Trubisky and his fit in Pittsburgh? Man, one of the nicest players I've ever talked to. No oh boy. Um, oh, this this is not starting off well. No, when you're going like he's a nice guy. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm a North Carolina fan. Football, basketball, baseball. I saw that. Yeah. I, saw I liked that in him. I liked him coming out of college. I still thought Deshaun Watson was the, you know, can't miss prospect. I didn't know yeah. what was going to happen after as that. A, as, as a player on the as field, player. I, I, I will say this too. Like the situation he was in in Houston, 
Like you can't tell me as a player, as a only as a player, that Deshaun Watson still wouldn't have been the best pick. But anyways, I'm sorry, no, I interrupted. No, no, I'm with you. Um, I just think with Mitch, man, I think part of it was it was a bad situation in Chicago. You know, he kind of went through what Justin went through. Two different yeah. head coaches, first two years, two different offenses. Um, and I don't think him being with Matt Nagy was the right fit. I, I just, I did not like it as it went on. Um, you could tell when they brought in Nick Foles, his leash was really short. It almost kind of yeah. felt like it was the COVID year. Hey, you know, we haven't seen enough from Nick this unnormal off season. It's just going to be default Mitch. We're going to pull him. Um, I, I, I think he got a fair shake here. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm curious because Kenny Pickett, you take Kenny Pickett and you know, it's kind of like what the bears did last year. They, they signed Andy Dalton. They took a quarterback. Um, Pittsburgh's in the same situation. It's like a Glennon situation. Glennon situation as well. It's, it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I just didn't think Mitch was in the right fit here. I think we're going to find out. Is it, was it Mitch? Was it Nagy? Was it both? I think it, I think yeah. it was both to be honest. Um, but I, I wish Mitch well, I, I think he can succeed there. Um, they have to have a good defense. They have some weapons on their offense. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's a tough division, though. It's a lot of good quarterbacks in that division out there. No, that, that's the problem. And, you know, to me, the most apt comparison for Mitch Trubisky because of his athleticism and everything is a Ryan Tannehill type of player Yeah, yep. who obviously didn't get a fair shake in Miami. A lot of things happened. And, you know, everybody's like, he was a wide receiver at Texas A&M. And, I, okay, we get that. Goes in to Tennessee, gets an opportunity. Plays very well. Plays very well. The I think the Titans were the number one seed last year, and they yeah. were they made it to the AFC Championship game the year that he replaced Marcus Mariota when they started off two and four. They went nine and seven, which was six more wins than I had predicted them for. I know the Tennessee Titans fans love to point it out. I'm like, you guys were two and four. I was spot <laughs> on. Had I known that Tannehill was going to turn into Steve Young. Yeah. But what we saw last year was that Tannehill got a little exposed. When Derrick Henry wasn't there, like, yes. ah, like ah, a lot of this is the strong running game. I feel in this, it's not a shot at him. I feel like Mitch can be an NFL starter, but is going to have to be on a team that's running the ball very well. They've got great receivers. George Pickens is, and is starting to look really good. And by the way, for, for Bears fans who love George Pickens, go to the going into the draft. If Mitch Trubisky ends up throwing for 4,000 yards and George Pickens has like 15 touchdowns, Bears fans are going to lose their mind. Oh, man. But I conceivably, I think that Pittsburgh can be very competitive. I think that Mitch can hold on to that job. I don't think that Kenny Pickett is a prospect. I think that the Steelers were just kind of like, yeah, whatever. Like, we'll just – we'll pick the guy from Pittsburgh. Yeah. Like, In the hype. Yeah. You know, everybody was excited. It was fun. Like, it was a good story. He's a He's a nice guy. Kenny Pickett's a nice guy, although, you know, his attitude at the – no, I don't want to say anything. He's a nice guy. He was very nice to me. He was very nice to me. But um, so I think that that – I think that goes that way. I think they can be very competitive. And speaking of competitiveness, now another thing that you mentioned where you are talking about the Bengals, and it's unrealistic for Bears fans to come into this season and see a Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase – Cincinnati Bengals like turnaround where we would go all the way to the Super Bowl. One of the things that I've been throwing out is a a realistic comparison would would be last year's Philadelphia Eagles, where Jalen Hurts was coming into his second season. They ran the ball really well. Once they decided and got into the into the year, and Sirianni, first year coach coming from the Colts, 
decides, oh, we're just going to run the football. That team was very successful. Do you think the Bears can kind of follow that path to success this season? I think that would be their ceiling, to be honest. I, I, I don't think that's a bad thing either. Um, you know, there's similarities. The Bears have a good backfield. I love David Montgomery. I love Khalil Herbert. Tristan Ebner has impressed me in camp as a pass catcher on the backfield. Yeah. I think that is, I, I think that's a realistic comparison, more realistic than the Bengals one out there. Um, and you look, you know, Jalen Hurts maybe wasn't the best quarterback last year. He made plays when they had when he had to. They had a good yeah. running game. Um, their defense was solid. Their wide receivers, those weapons out there are not very good or were not very good last they year. They weren't. No, no. That, that's yeah, yeah, that's a misnomer. Yeah. They he didn't have a lot to work with wide receiver wise. Yeah, and I'd argue you know Darnell Mooney was better than anything anything Absolutely. they had last year. So Absolutely. yeah, I think that's realistic. Um they have to play good defense though, and they have to run the ball and put Justin in in, in, in good position. Now the other thing is, I mean, I guess the NFC East wasn't, you know, Dallas was out there, but they kind of ran away with it. Yeah. Still got to throw in Green Bay. Still got them twice. I think you got to get past Minnesota. Detroit is kind of on the up and come. Um, but, yeah, I could see it happening. I don't know, man. I, I I still think they're like two years away. I still think that's kind of the – Two years away? Yeah, I think this How year next year. Yep. Unfortunately. What do you think? Now we I know you were talking about I know you were talking to the producers before the show. <laughs> I joined I joined a little bit late because I went to go pick my boy up from daycare. Even though I texted the producers and I said, Hey, I gotta go pick up my boy. He's fine. And then, you know, Sammy's like, Is, are, are you okay? I'm like, I told you he was fine. Like I have a friend that whenever I send him a text message, I I can't send more than one sentence at a time. Hey, good morning. Send. Do you want any coffee or anything? Send. Like you can't, you, you, can't you, you confuse them when you start oh, putting multiple thoughts into a text, which apparently is what happened today. But in any event, you had some time to kill in the green room with the producers. I don't want to, I don't know if they were teasing me. They, they were, were trying to get, trying to get a rise out of me. How many wins do you see, and this is not ceiling or floor. You're okay. like, you got to pick it. You got to pick a number. I want to hear it. How many wins for the Bears this season? Yeah, I did not say two. I'll clear that up. I did okay. not say two. Right now where I'm at with it, I would say seven wins. Okay. That's I think fair. that's fair. Yeah. That's I, fair. I would say seven. I was going to lean maybe towards six. Um, but what's interesting is when they started the year – and well, the first odds that came out, what were they like seven and a half? They dropped to six and a half after yeah. I thought was a good draft. I mean, I think they found a lot of tackle. I think they found two starters in the defense. It's kind of interesting. It fell. Um, no, I'd say seven. I think there's the, the early part of the schedule. It, it has some winnable games. I think mm -hmm. the, uh, you know, most NFL teams will find a way to win one or two games. They probably shouldn't. Flip side <laughs> of that is they'll probably find one or two ways to lose games. They shouldn't, but you know, they have a relatively easy schedule. If Justin Fields takes that next step, oh, I think seven is is a good number. If he if he, they can even get to eight to nine, if he really takes that next step, but I don't know. They're such a weird team to predict this year because if you would have asked me probably at the beginning of training camp, I might have said six five. Um, if you would ask me in the middle, I might have said even lower. But I've what I've seen the past couple of days, I'm kind of confident they're gonna be a little better than people think, maybe. Yeah, it really, honestly, a lot of it comes down to the NFC North and what happens with them. And like, is Green Bay going to regress at all? I don't really see that. You know, it's funny, you know, for, for you know, we all hate the Packers, but yeah. 
when you see Aaron Rodgers now, like you see him in as a as a person. I, I stumbled upon this the other day. I was watching and speaking of the office, which I talked about in the cold open. I was watching the finale of the office. I forgot that Aaron Rodgers was in it. He is uh he's one of the judges for whatever show that Andy's on trying to be a part of America's next acapella superstar or whatever <laughs> it is. And yeah, I was watching it and I'm like, oh my God, I go, Rogers like looks pudgy. Like he's got kind of a pudgy face. Yeah, yes. He doesn't look good. And I know now that the hair notwithstanding, like he's got kind of that thing, like he looks better now. Like he looks like uh he looks like a yoga dad. You know, what is he? He's near 40, but he looks like a yoga dad with some yes. gray in the beard. And he he honestly looks better. And maybe dropping acid during the offseason <laughs> is gonna, you know, give you a longer NFL career, which is fine. Like, I have no problems with that. Do what you want to do. It's your body. I, I will say this, like, I don't see them regressing too much. I also don't want to concede like two, two losses to them. I just yeah. don't, no matter what, like, I'm not like, I think you should be able to split with your division. I know that everybody loves the Vikings every year. I went on with Sportsnet last week and they're like, Hey, the Vi I'm like, why does everybody always pick the Vikings? Like, what is it about Minnesota? Like, I love Justin Jefferson and, but we don't know what uh, Kevin O'Connell is going to be able to do and whether he's the answer. Like Zach, Zach Taylor took four years to get his yeah. stuff together. And even then, listen, even then, I'll, I'll throw it out there. Like Joe Burrow might have saved your career as an NFL head coach. Just putting it out there. I'm just saying, you know, and, it, you know, but you're, you know, O'Connell's now trusting Kirk Cousins. So again, I'm not willing to concede anything to Minnesota. The Detroit Lions are now coming across as one of the most likable teams in the NFL. Dan Campbell seems like an absolutely delightful person. <laughs> I love them, but you know what? They're like a jobber. They're like a <laughs> jobber that you root for. Like, hey, like, do you think Taka Mikanishu could beat Triple H? Like, yeah, I'm buying into this. Like, maybe he can. And then you're like, nah, nah, nah. Triple H is going to crush him. It is kind of like that, where they're a jobber that you really like. Like, the Lions have done a great job of getting us all invested. And I think for the longest time, it's just been a lot of people in Detroit that have been disappointed by the Lions. Now that's going to be a whole legion of hard knock fans. What do you need? You need a hug? This is my boy. I know you have a 10-month-old. This is yes. my four-year-old. He's How's fine, everybody. He's fine. Can you say hello? You can't hear him. He's saying, how are you? Daddy. What's going on? <laughs> What? Who's a lot? Okay. You're alive. Okay. Do you have anything else to add? What do you think about Bears game this year? No. Bears game going to be good? No, Bears game not here. Bears game score. They're gone? Yes. Okay. Can you go find your sister, please? No. Go find your sister. No, no, no. Okay. No, no. See, he loves hard knocks, too. So he <laughs> wanted to come in and give a little. Oh, he found the Star Wars toy. So he's all good. Um, the point is, and, and you look at some of the games. You look at the, the opener against the San Francisco 49ers. You know, Trey Lance is still a relatively unknown quarterback. Matt Eberflus had a great answer for San Francisco last year. New England. New England could be in a little bit of trouble. There's no – I have no problem with Mac Jones. I think he's a good quarterback. They're, they don't have an offensive coordinator. The offensive coordinator position is vacant. And there are some stories that I've heard that the there's some panic in the quarterback room because they're not getting proper coaching. And, you know, Eberflus had an, an answer for them too. So it's like, it's a wild card to me. And I think whenever somebody says seven games, I'm like, okay, 
I can live with that. Yeah. I think, but I think that there is an opportunity for, like you said, to get nine wins. Yeah. And I mean, Washington, they got Washington at home. Um, you know, they got the Lions twice. I think you're right with the Lions. The, the hard knocks definitely helps sell oh the people sell love them now. It was a great first episode. I got to give it to amazing, them. fantastic first episode. I mean, there was everything was going on. There was crying, talk about drowning people, uh, singing, a lot of stuff going on in that episode. But yeah, I mean, they got some winnable games. The Giants, the Jets. I mean, those are winnable, even though uh, both are on the road. Commanders. Um, week one is still a question mark. I mean, depending on what you read, Trey Lance hasn't looked the greatest in training camp. Now, oh, but, that, that, but that's another one where I I can. I can find two different views in the same timeline. Yes. Back-to-back tweets of like, Trey Lance looks like the real deal. Nobody's going to stop him. And then like, Trey Lance looks like he's never played football before. Yeah. it's I've been I've been kind of keeping an eye on that. You're, you're spot on with that. It's incredible. Um, you know, in, in, injuries are going to happen. Injuries are going to happen to the Bears. They've already had. Yeah. Injuries are going to happen to other teams. You don't know what's going to happen. It's literally a week-by-week week league. And it's, you know, who could be the healthiest at the time? Um, I, I do think, you know, they do have some tough games, obviously. The two Green Bay ones. Dallas is going to be a little tough. Um, that's interesting, but that's an interesting game, yeah. yeah but the, the Bears, game. the Bears have traditionally, and I know it's a different coaching staff now. They've traditionally played Dallas well. Yeah, like they they inexplicably beat the Cowboys, which is always amazing. I don't know. Like, there's so many, there's so many unknowns. I mean, the Buffalo season. game is probably we'll sit by yeah. chalk that up as a loss. That's I mean, unfortunate. Yeah. It's on Christmas Eve too. It's I know. <laughs> Brutal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could see the seven. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, their higher ceiling is, you know, probably nine to 10 if everything goes right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be kind of interesting to see. And I think I'm excited to get our first look at what's going to happen Saturday and, and where everything stands and, and our first glimpse of Getsy and Eberflus and Alan Williams and what we're, what to really expect from them coming moving forward. How much are you expecting the starters to play in this game? Did Matt Eberflus give you any indication this week? Yeah, he said uh, 15 to 20 plays, the general range for the the starters. Um, that could depend on a player or a position group. I'd say probably, you know, the, the 13 to 15 is probably the sweet spot there for the offense. Now, hopefully those come on two drives. You know, they maybe do a 10-play drive or a nine-play and then a and then an eight-play drive or something like that. I, I hope it's not kind of spread out over four or five drives because that means short drives. So, yeah. That is one of the things that I, I think would be the biggest, the biggest improvement is that sustained drives and keeping yes. the defense off the field and getting the field position battle a little bit. And that, you know, and that is one of the things, too, that I, I feel like is the most underrated about what the Bears did in the draft is that if you can start to flip the field a little bit because your defense is playing well, you can uh, you can kind of help your quarterback out in that way. Yeah, and you know they're going to help Justin Fields with the run game. They're going to hope to get off the field. Um, you know they drafted a punter with a big leg to kind of flip field position. If the defense plays really well and sets the Bears up offense with a good field position, that's obviously a big positive. But you want to sustain the drives. You can't have it where it's been like the last couple of years and, you know, they're, they're going three and out. And then especially down at goal to goal, they're the worst team in the NFL in goal to goal situations. They're one of the worst red zone teams, one of the worst third down teams. Um, you know, any major offensive statistic, they are one of the worst in the league. So you got to be able to sustain drives, move the chains, can't put Justin Fields in those third and tens, those third and eights, um, and the penalties too. 
the Bears, the Bears were not a good team in terms of penalties last year. They got to kind of clean that up. And Matt Eberflus has, has said that. He said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna play right. We're not gonna, you know, get these taunting penalties. He's roughing the passer, things like that. And it all kind of just mixes in. That's how you, that's how you're gonna win games with this team. You know, especially this year. I think that was one of the biggest things is that they always talk about what is the identity of this team. And I know like they wanted to, you know, be a offensive juggernaut, but then they were just known for a team that makes bad mistakes all the time. Like getting, getting, getting pulled into fights with the new Orleans saints or whatever, taking cheap shots. And I'm not talking about Tevin Jenkins too, who we, we haven't even talked about yet. I guess we should, we should cover that at some point. But I do think, too, like when you talk about how poorly they played in the red zone, I thought that it was important to some of the stuff that I saw when I was out there in practice, letting Justin go out there and use his abilities. I thought that that was huge. And I think that having Justin, having plays designed for him should help help that out a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, looking at it, when you looked at the team last year, they had David Montgomery. They'd get down to those goal-and-goal situations and you know they would get down there and then just Matt Nagy like would call four verts or they would you know not even take a chance in the end zone at times and, and do the tight end screen and the and the end arounds and all that and they just kind of you know just I guess he kind of forgot how to think when they got down in the red zone but yeah getting Justin Fields you know into that rhythm um, allowing you know moving that pocket things we've said play action should help sustain those drives and make him you know better overall. So you don't like the the you don't like the the four verts at the not end. From it, the yard line. <laughs> not from the what about the five yard line? I think you can run four yeah, verts yeah. there. I think it's I think it's gonna work out. It's like a kid who gets enamored with one play in Madden. Yeah, just wants to run it over and over again. And you're like, yes. at some point, this isn't gonna work. And again, I think this goes back to to Matt Nagy probably not self scouting. But we did mention a second ago, uh, Tevin Jenkins. He returned to practice this week. He had that press conference. What were your thoughts on that? And, you know, what do you think? We've seen the depth chart of the Bears offensive line. How do you think that unit's starting to shape up? Yeah, with Jenkins, he didn't say it. To me, everything that he said and what I got from it was the back. I think the back flared up on him again. And, you know, for a player, that's got to be – that's tough on your back and mentally, especially what happened to him last year. Um, so far we've seen him today at practice. He was with the second team and third team kind of splitting those reps at right tackle. He's got an uphill battle. I mean, he, he's behind Riley reef. He's behind, um, Larry Borum now. Um, they're kind of rotating a little bit. I don't know. I, I don't think they see him as a starter. I think he's got a lot of work to do in terms of the offensive line shaping up in general. Now I feel like we kind of got our core here. I think Braxton Jones is going to win that left tackle spot, and if that happens, that's that's huge. I mean, if he can turn out to be a good left tackle, you get him as a fifth-round pick out of a smaller school, that's fantastic. I, I've been nothing but impressed with him. I talked to his trainer after he was drafted. Um, I'm blank on the name, former offensive lineman, and he told me this kid is not only good in between the whistle and on the field, he's asking the right questions. He's asking the questions, the chalkboard questions. He wants to know – everything about his assignment, where he's supposed to be, um, you know, the formations, the scheme, all that type of stuff. And I think, you know, adding the, the veteran Riley Reef on the right side, adding Michael Schofield as well as a, a guard, having Cody Whitehair at the other guard spot, I think that's a good four. Now the center, we have to kind of keep an eye on. I don't know if Lucas Patrick will be ready week one. If he is, he's probably going to be your center. But Sam Musker has been kind of holding it down um, um, as of late. And 
I, I'm just I'm kind of happy they finally feels like they've kind of settled on their five. Now we got to see how they do in the preseason and if they're going to stick with that five. Yeah, that's one of the things that, you know, everybody keeps talking about the offensive line. They run the same five guys out there like all the time. I think they're telling us uh, where they're where they're heading right now. So, uh, but in any event, I want to thank you yeah. for, uh, for coming onto the show. I know you're a Simpsons fan as well. And I, I wanted to get into like, I should have used more Simpsons references oh, instead man. of the offense references. <laughs> uh, that was an error at my, uh, my part, but I want to let everybody know that you can be, you can follow Zach on Twitter at Zach underscore Pearson P E A R S O N. That's why I was like looking away. I was, I, that's why I was being rude. I wanted to make sure I get your Twitter handle right. But uh, thank you so much for joining us. Hopefully we can do this again real soon. Anytime you want, man. I'll be happy to make time for you. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I really appreciated this conversation. I was very happy that you did not pick the Bears to win two games. And there he goes. (laughs) There he goes. The great Zach Pearson. Make sure that you are following him on Twitter. He is absolutely a delightful follow. A a new father, too. And as if anybody who's realized over the last couple of minutes, uh, the the, the compound here has been – we we broken contain and it's now it's a scrambled drill as my kids have now joined in there's my daughter ahsoka tano uh she's got her star wars toy that they're begging me to open right now they're excited for the bears they've got a game on saturday you know your kids can you can you hang on for one second they're very excited about the chicago bears and honestly i think that this week too i want to implore people to uh to not get too worked up about what you might or might not see realize this is the first game against live competition, against uh, a real install, a real live defense. And this is an opportunity to go out and prove yourself and to kind of get a first glimpse of this. We've seen, we've, we've seen enough of the, of the Twitter timeline. We've seen enough of the like, Hey, Justin Fields missed and Keel Harry here or anything like that. But now we're going to get an opportunity to see that against a real defense a real chance to go out there and it's you know a pretty good team too that that should not be discounted so again it's going to be exciting this week and we we want to thank everybody um want to thank everybody who uh, who joined us everybody who's continuing to sit through here as my kids have been going not again i've lost i've lost all content this is what happens in this house why not when things go? But thanks to everybody. Thanks to Zach Pearson for joining us. Thanks for Car- uh, to Carmen Vitale who joined us earlier in the week. We will be back Tuesday to break down the game. Until that time, bear down. And Sammy, why don't you go ahead and play us out? And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.